Welcome to the Ziggler Inspire Podcast. Ziggler Inspire Podcast. Welcome, this is Blake Lindsay. I want you to know how excited I am that you're here for Zig Ziggler's Inspire Podcast. Today, we will be hearing from Zig's favorite sales trainer, Brian Flanagan. Brian is talking to a group about the relate stage of a sales process, the part of the sale where you are working to gain trust from the prospect. Then he will discuss with us how to find out the right kind of information by asking the right questions. It's a great teaching segment that I know you'll learn something that you can use to sell to more people more often. Let's listen in. You make eye contact. You have a firm handshake. You deliver your name, your appearance, your neat, professional poise, control. And at the bottom of that page, you'll see three statistics that speak volumes of what we do. Ron earlier said our body language speaks volumes. Dr. Albert Morabian, in his book, Silent Messages, quotes these three statistics. Dr. Morabian says two things, two qualifiers. Number one qualifier, when we're speaking face-to-face and when we are communicating feelings and attitudes. These are when the statistics kick in. When we're talking face-to-face, when we're communicating feelings and attitudes. Dr. Morabian says 7% of feelings and attitudes are communicated through words. 38% 38, 38 is tone of voice. And the big kahuna, 55%, 55% of feelings and attitudes are communicated non-verbally. It's not what you say, it's how you say it at this stage. Now, I'm not talking to the stage where you're negotiating a fee. I'm not talking about the stage where you're, you're now showing them the, your financials. That's not feelings and attitudes. I'm talking about stage two in the process where you're communicating feelings and attitudes and trying to bond with this person. That's what we mean by that 7, 38, and 55. Now, let me tell you about the 38%. The 38% is huge. Because if you stand in front of somebody and you go, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, you know, well, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean. There's two things in this 38%. It's your voice and it's your padding. We define padding as any sound or phrase that you use that pads your sentences with sound but adds no meaning. What are some examples that you've heard that may be distracting in a business environment? Uh, I mean, you know. If you want to hear an example of padding, listen to the interview of any professional athlete. <laughs> or any U.S. Senator. They work both ways. In 1972, I'm at my desk at the IBM Corporation, and Dan McCarty comes up and said, Flanagan, I'd like to take you to a Toastmasters club. What's Toastmasters? Toastmasters is an international organization, 10,000 clubs worldwide, dedicated to three, four things, actually. Have you speak, think, and listen more effectively while you're under pressure? I went to the first meeting. I fell in love with it. I said, I need this. I need the confidence that this gives. Joe, how do I join? The president of the company told me how to join. He gave me a booklet. He said, by the way, as you know, we have three prepared speeches each night. I just had a cancellation. Would you mind filling in by giving your icebreaker? I said, Joe, I'll do it. I got that there next Wednesday. I said, Joe, I'm supposed to give my book to my evaluator. I'm excited. Who's my evaluator? He looks at the list and he has a grimace that comes over his face. He said, Brian, I hate to tell you this. I can't change it. But the evaluator for you tonight is the English professor from LSU, Nick the Knife Van Chrysler. <laughs> so Professor Van Chrysler comes in. I give him my booklet. I sit down. I'm first up. I go four minutes and 35 seconds, my first speech. I don't faint. I don't throw up. I'm feeling pretty good. The other two speakers go. During the evaluation session, Nick stands up and said, Brian, I liked your presentation. The organization was good. By the way, I counted 16 us. That'll cost you $4. I said, Nick, I owe you $4. I said, no, you're new to the club. You don't know this. 
We have an uh counter. Every time we count you saying uh, you owe a quarter to the uh pot. You owe us four bucks. <laughs> My first year in Toastmasters, I financed two club picnics. <laughs> but I know that I was saying uh one-on-one -on -one with my customers. I know I was. I have broken my habit. I am unconsciously competent in front of a group of people. I will challenge you to catch me saying uh incorrectly, other than using it as an illustration. The point I'm trying to make, we steal from our personal presentation all the time. Maybe through questions, maybe through uhs, maybe through objections. We've got to strengthen our presentations, our questioning, our communication. It's vital at this stage of the process because that 7, that 38, and that 55% kicks in. If Mark were to ask me, well, Brian, why does it cost that much? And I break my eye contact, and then I come back and say, uh? Whatever I say next has been softened, has been dampened. If your competitor answers it stronger than you, more poised than you, that could be their selling difference. But the selling difference program is trying to get you away from the competition. So understand, all of these things work together, especially at this stage. Now, when does the relate stage end? It doesn't. You continue to relate to people all through the process. When the relationship ends, the sale ends. So you're always relating. One of the great ways to do that is on the next page. Turn to the next page, and let's talk about questioning skills. I'm a big believer that questions are the answer. There are four types. Of, there's a lot of types of questions. There are many types of questions. The four types of questions we'll talk about are closed, open, reflective, and directive. The problem I have with closed questions is that too often you and I are using closed-ended questions when we should be using open-ended questions. I would go into a fellow's office and I'd say, Mr. Prospect, do you have copiers? Well, everybody in business has copiers, Brian. Time out. We've got cars in the parking lot. We've got outlets on the wall. Of course we have copiers. And I was asking the wrong type of question. The closed-ended questions gives you yes or no. Open-ended questions, those are the questions that you should be asking. Who, why, what, where, when, how. Be, circle or underline the why question. The why question could be defensive. Oh, really, why do you use those guys? And then that person has to defend to you why he's purchased that. Be aware of the why question. But those open-ended questions are vital. I should have been asking, what type of copiers are you currently using? That was the question, not do you have a copier. Reflective questions reflect back, rebound back on a previous answer. It allows the customer to expand or expound on a previous comment. What do you mean you sometimes use 10-bin sorters? That reflects back. I'm sorry, what do you mean you, you kind of like their service? You've almost been pleased. That's reflecting back. The direct agreement question allows the customer to agree with you on a yes or no, but you know the answer to it. An example. So there's a type of productivity factors you'd like to increase. So that's the kind of quality you'd like to see. That's a direct agreement because some point in time, you've got to go and hang your hat on the agreement. When we are in replacement selling, let's do a little quick replacement selling here. And I'm going to pretend it's a, it's a copying machine just, just for grins, just for make it easy. Here's what I was taught, and here's where I got in trouble. I would ask these questions. What do you like about your copy? Brian, I like everything about it. What do you dislike about your copy? I, I dislike nothing. I love it all. If you're going to change one thing on that copier, what would it be? Nothing. Okay, bye, see you later. <laughs> that was the wrong question. I stopped too soon. If he would have had a need, he would have called me. Why was I in there? I was trying to get him out of balance. So I need to ask balanced questions. Mr. Prospect, thanks for meeting with me today. 
What do you like currently? I understand you have X brand, brand copy. What do you currently like? Like everything about it. What do you dislike about it? Brian, I, I really don't, I mean, everything's pretty good. If you could change one feature, one thing about it, what would it change? Wouldn't change a thing. Don't stop. Now start selling by asking. Mr. Prospect, how long have you used that current system? Oh, I've had it for 18 months. What criteria did you use 18 months ago to switch to this brand? Speed, ease, quality, and cost effectiveness. How have those, listen up, how have those criteria changed in the last 18 months? They haven't. So, Mr. Prospect, what you're telling me, you still need speed, ease, quality, and cost effectiveness. That's what I'm telling you. Mr. Prospect, how beneficial would it be if you could get better speed, better ease, better quality, and more cost-effective system? How beneficial would that be to your department? What do you mean? Well, so if I could come up with a system that gave you better, more beneficial criteria, don't you owe it to your department to look at it? Guys, all I'm looking for is a wedge to get into the account. If he would have had a need, he would have called me. He satisfied that need 18 months ago. I can give him better satisfaction to that need, but I've got to ask the right questions. Don't be afraid of replacement questions. A lot of you are in a replacement business. You go in, they already have a policy. You go in, they already have a present supplier. Ask the questions on criteria and how the criteria change so that you can stay in there and fight another round. Questions, answers, comments on that? Was that, that was vague? Perfectly clear. All right. All right. Well, what do you ask questions about, Brian? I believe in asking questions. What do you ask questions about? Turn to the next page. We have a, a process within the process. And the process within the process is known as POGO. POGO allows you to ask questions about the person, the organization, the goals, and the obstacles to those goals. Why do you want to know someone's goals? Because you can be a hero when you work with that person. If you know somebody's goals, you can be a hero by achieving, helping that person achieve those goals. Well, I want to ask questions about the person, the organization, the goals, and the obstacles to those goals. But I also want you to understand that this is a fluid process, it's not a linear process. In other words, you can go any direction on POGO. You don't have to start with the P. Let's move it back to a previous module, a training module. If you know this person is an analytical, you may not want to start with the person. If you know this prospect is an analytical type process, a high C, a competency type prospect, then you may want to start with the organization, not the person. If you know the individual is a high I, Bill Cosby, then you may want to ask questions about the person. Bill Cosby will tell you about his slow pitch softball team. So therefore, you can better profile this person. Now here's what I want you to do. You know that I'm the director of corporate training for the Zig Ziglar Corporation. Pogo me. Start with the P, go down, P-O-G-O, -O, ask questions about the person, the organization, the goals and the obstacle, and let's practice this quick, quick little technique here. So raise your hand, ask a question, I'll repeat it if need to. Yes? Tell me about your career. Now what happens there, that does not have a question mark at the end of it, but it's a great probe. It's getting the same thing done, it may not have a question mark at the end of it. That's a great probe. I started with Zig in 1984, been here for 17 years. Wanted to get in this business because IBM allowed me to get in this business at one time, but I had to change job every two to three years. Zig allows me to do a lot of things and that's why I'm here with the Ziggler Corporation. Thanks. Keep going. Pogo me. Yes? Current position, I've had this current position for 12 years. Keep going, that's good guys, keep going. I know you're out there, here you're breathing. What do you like most about your Like most about the job is working with different people, have a chance to work with different industries. Where do you see yourself and the corporation going over the next five to ten years? And the X amount of time we're going to develop a, a training program to do this, that, and the other. Good, keep going. Yes, sir. What's your most memorable moment? Most memorable moment, I'm sorry. 
most remember moment was speaking in Melbourne with Zig in a, in a huge, old, old, old auditorium in 1996. What's the most difficult training? What's the most difficult training? Now, good, let, okay, let me stop you right there. Guys, good. Now, this is, as a group, let me salute you. No close-ended questions. Well done. I'm a stickler for close-ended information questions at this stage. Because if you don't know the person's style and you haven't earned their trust, if you said, do you, will you, have you, they can go, uh-huh, uh-huh. And they can give you one-word answers, and you've got to do all this work for one word. Learn to ask open-ended information questions. Condition yourself. What kind of questions do you ask your prospects? Could you perhaps benefit by observing more closely the type of questions you are asking? Think about what Brian said and apply it to your sales situation today. I'm Blake Lindsay encouraging you to live your life to the fullest. Ziggler. 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 Inspiring true performance.